What's up, guys, and welcome to the Fantasy Mafia podcast. I am joined back here again with Blake and Jordan, a.k.a. Dr. Fantasy. Uh, we are doing our top 15 fantasy wide receiver rankings for PPR. Um, it's actually not our rankings. This is We found a consensus list online using Fantasy Pros. So we did uh, six, or 30 to 16 last week, so today we're going to do the top 15. And we're starting it out here with Robert Woods. He comes in at 15. Last week we ended at Cooper Cup. So his his uh, teammate, Robert Woods, are going right next to each other in a lot of drafts that we're seeing and doing mock drafts. They're going right next to each other. And uh, and for good reason, too. Uh, Robert Woods, I'll start out talking about him. Robert Woods is coming off his second uh, straight 1,000-yard season. He did take a dip in the touchdown department from 6 in 2018 down to 2 in 2019. Um, but, uh, he did play, he, he played all games, but one he had, he, it was his career high in targets, his career high in receptions. Um, and then he had less yards than 2018, but he still had over a thousand. He had 1134 yards. He also had a touchdown on the ground too. Uh, they do like to use him a lot when they, uh, on, on those end around plays and, and Jordan could probably tell you since he was a Rams fan, you, you always see woods coming around on an end around probably at least like once a game or so um it took one to the house but he's uh yeah i mean for to be wide receiver 15 it's a great spot for him like i said he's going pretty much back to back with cooper cup you see one of them go then you see the next one go like right after within the next couple picks um and it's you'll probably get between the two of them you'll probably get cup getting uh more touchdowns uh, but you're probably going to get more yards and catches from from Robert Woods, and if you're in a PPR league, then that's uh, that's perfectly fine. He's a solid wide receiver to pair him up with. Uh, maybe if you get like a Julio Jones or something in the late first, early second round, uh, turn around and grab Robert Woods in the third, fourth round, and and that's a nice one-two punch from your wide receiver position. Anybody want to chime in on him before we go to fourteen? Um, I'll let uh, Jordan uh, finish us off with Robert Woods because I know he's such a Robert Woods slash Cooper <laughs> Cup fan. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with all of what you said. I think Robert Woods is, like, the number one deep threat there in the Rams. Like, he's, he's I think he's the, the most kind of consistent. You know, he might not be always the flashiest, but, you know, if you're between him and another player and you're kind of neck and neck, those uh, you're not going to draft him for this reason by any means, but those go around, uh, you know, the rushing he kind of gets in there mm-hmm. is a nice little boost. And he does it enough that, you know, it's a nice little added bonus. So I think he's definitely a player to target, especially because I like targeting the later of those Rams players. I, I've done it the last three years. I always get the cheapest one. Um, the one I think I will say, though, is today that uh, what came out I saw on Roto World was Josh Reynolds um, seems to be the steady number three wide receiver ahead of Van Jefferson. So uh, Josh Reynolds is pretty deep there um, for a lot of leagues. So. You know, maybe I'll draft him real late in the last round over Robert Woods. But, you know, if I have Robert Woods there staring me down in one of these early rounds, I'm definitely taking him for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tale of two stories right now with these Rams wide receivers. You're seeing Cooper Cup's ADP drop pretty fast, and Robert Woods has steadily been climbing. And I think Woods is starting to climb to an area where I'm not quite as comfortable. I mean, he was 12th in points per game last season. I think he's a really safe pick, but I think he's his upside is kind of limited now for where his ADP is rising to. So that's my biggest issue with him is I just I don't think you're getting the value anymore. I mean, I would guarantee that he finishes probably a top 24 wide receiver, no doubt. So he's a safe pick now, but uh, I'm not loving where his ADP is at right now. All right. Yeah, if Cup, if, if Cup ends up being the one that drops further down, if, I don't know how that keeps happening. I'll definitely snap up Cup. It's really just a matter of value, I think, for them. Uh, before we get to 14, just uh, if anybody is not familiar with Fantasy Pro's website, and I don't want to really plug them, but that's what we're using, um, you could always see, like, the best rankings, the worst rankings, and if you actually click on the player, you can see, like, who ranked them and, um, and where they had them ranked. And between Cup, between Cup and Woods... Uh, Cup was ranked number two best by somebody, where Woods was six. But the funny thing is, they were both ranked as the worst, uh, thirty-two. So like they both had them like no lower than thirty-two, and like right, right at thirty-two. So um, that's how similar these two guys are. Like I said, Cup Cup was ranked higher by one or two people um, between the two of them. But as far as like their lowest was, it was the same. And again, don't want to plug them, but the nice thing about their rankings too is you can see like. 
um, the most recent people. Like, they would have had to update their ranks in the last week, two weeks, or whatever. So, you know, if something happens, you can actually, like, filter it by how recent the rankings are for for any player. So that's nice, too. Yeah, they're kind of just like a, a filter for all of us, uh, all of us fantasy guys. Uh, next one, we got Adam Thielen, and I believe this one was you, Blake. Yeah, so I had Adam Thielen here. Um, I, I liked Adam Thielen a couple years ago, but, I mean, last year, obviously, he kind of burned us a little bit just because of his injuries. Um, I mean, he had what he had last year. He had six touchdowns. I mean, not, not like, terrible, but he had only played 10 games, and I think if he's healthy this year, he's definitely a nice little value. I think people kind of forget about him. I know a lot of people were kind of trying to get away from the Vikings pass catchers this year just because, Outside of Adam Thielen, who else was there? B.C. Johnson kind of came on last year, and he's a nice little sleeper. Um, he seems to be doing well in camp right now, um, and he seems to be kind of competing with Justin Jefferson. So people weren't too sure if they wanted to take Adam Thielen, but I'll, I'll definitely take him as two or three. I think he is going to fall in the draft, so he's a nice little value. Um, and not that Diggs um, you know, and Thielen had the same kind of targets, but I mean, the targets from Diggs had to go somewhere, and even though they are run first team, they're still going to have to throw the ball at some time. So I'll definitely like Thielen uh, as, a, as a wide receiver three if I can get him there. Uh, he's, I think he's a little too rich for my blood at taking him as a wide receiver two, though. Okay, yeah, I mean, he's coming into He's basically – he kind of was the 1A there for a while, even with Diggs there, but now he is definitely the one there. Um Obviously, they drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round, and with how crazy the world's going on right now and, and lack of uh, training camp and just getting into mini camp and throwing on pads within the past day or two, um, it, it's going to take a little bit for Justin Jefferson to kind of get acclimated there. Uh, but Adam Thielen, I mean, he is coming at a little bit of a discount, which is definitely uh, intriguing in, in where I would take him. And um, yeah, I mean, I really don't have a problem with him at all. He's His quarterback is accurate. They are going to probably throw it a little bit less. Uh, they still have Dalvin Cook there. They're going to try to get Alex Madison in there a little bit more. We got Irv Smith going into his second year where where we see a lot of tight ends tend to do, do better. Plus, Kyle Rudolph is still there. So there are some targets to go around. But um, Adam Thielen getting picking up a little bit of slack that Stefan Diggs is possibly leaving behind is uh, is definitely a boost there. Jordan, if you want to say a little bit about Thielen, you can. If not, we're going to jump into number 13. Who wears number 13? Odell Beckham. Yeah, so I'll roll into Odell Beckham here. And uh, I'm probably going to squash some dreams here. But I'm not as high on Odell Beckham as a lot of other people on our page. I mean, the reason for me is I'm just not confident in his role in this new offense that Kevin Stefanski is bringing. And I think people have to realize the culture with the Browns is going to change a little bit here. This is a defense that's much improved. They're not going to be playing from behind all the time. I think you're going to see them try to control the clock, similar to what Minnesota did in the past with Dalvin Cook and a strong defense. I really think that's the goal here. And you kind of saw that with the big contract they just gave Miles Garrett. So I really think you're starting to see where their priorities lie. And based on what he did with the Vikings offense last season, they were fourth in rushing attempts. They had the third fewest passing attempts. So I really question if there's going to be enough volume to go around for Beckham and Landry for them to provide uh, high-end fantasy value. You know, they'll both have their roles. They'll probably be solid wide receiver twos. But I see Beckham creeping up just because of his talent. And I get it. I mean, if you're ranking wide receivers based on talent alone, you know, I'd put them in the top five probably. But a fantasy is not always about talent. It's about volume and opportunity. And I'm just kind of questioning what his role is going to be in this offense overall. And uh, even last season, he averaged the 33rd most points per game. The Browns were 20th in pass attempts. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed around that number or if they even dipped a little bit. So uh, I'm just not confident enough in him to take him as my wide receiver one or realistically a high-end wide receiver two. So uh, we'll see how it pans out. But I I think the Browns culture is changing pretty quickly here. Yeah. yeah, the one thing I want to add there is um, Odell Beckham. Um, actually, you would, I don't think anyone realizes this, but we always give Sammy Watkins such a bad rep for being injury prone. Odell Beckham's missed more time than Sammy Watkins has. I'm not looking for that in like my wide receiver one. I need I, I can't risk that that early. Um, and where has his upside been lately? It really hasn't been there. So um, I'm not I'm not looking to to draft Odell Beckham if I can avoid him. I think he's probably on my do not draft list. Yeah, he's right on the borderline of wide receiver two, wide receiver one, depending on how many uh, teams are in your league. Um, that, 
Yeah, I mean, he's it's it's definitely uh it's definitely a toss up right there. I mean, if it's between Beckham or Adam Thielen or Robert Woods, one of the guys that we talked about here, I'd I'd probably lean Woods way. But um, I mean, you can't really go wrong with Beckham. The one thing I just want to bring up about him, and obviously, like we we preach it all the time. Um, you you always want to start your studs, and it's it's starting to get like the the, the term stud is loosely thrown around. But you got to think about just off the top of my head in his division, uh, without knowing who he plays week seventeen, which is obviously a divisional game. But six games against defenses that have that are really good secondaries. Cincinnati boosted their secondary this offseason and Baltimore and Pittsburgh have have had a good secondary. So like you you might run into some rough games just right there um just within the division. Then there's 10 other games that he has to play, but just as divisional opponents have pretty pretty solid solid secondaries that could kind of shut them down. Rolling into number 12 here, so this would be the end of wide receiver ones. Um, if you're in a 12-team league, this is Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. He's coming off his best season of his career, um, his second best season for catches. He had 79. He had 83 back in Oakland, but uh, his best season all around. He had most yards, most touchdowns, and uh, I think he gets a little bit of a boost, even though some people must think that he he drops a little bit because of their draft pick, but I think he gets a little bit of a boost by them drafting C.D. Lamb. Obviously, again, it's another rookie in that in that offense. So, um, but C.D. Lamb, he's obviously going to be on the field week one. He's going to be he's going to be an impact in that in that offense. Dak Prescott is pretty accurate. He almost threw for five thousand last year. Um, Michael Gallup is still there too. But that's just that's just coverage going a different way away from Amari Cooper. Now, Amari Cooper isn't the kind of guy that that consistently demands double teams and triple teams and stuff like that. And you really can't do that with Michael Gallup even last year on the team. And then also having to worry about Ezekiel Elliott. But with CeeDee Lamb coming in, that's just going to open it up a little bit more. Uh, I think wide receiver 12 uh, is a good spot for him. He's he's a, he's the number one on a team that, even though they do have Zeke, they obviously like to pass the ball a lot. Like I said, Dak Prescott had 4,900 last year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely be comfortable with him as my wide receiver one if I could load up on on two really good running backs um, in the first two rounds of the draft. Yeah, I, I, I'd take him if, you know, I could get someone a little bit more consistent after him. The thing I'm most worried about is Lamb, actually. I think it could hurt it could hurt him, actually, just because there are so many pass catchers there now. Like, I've I've... I'm pretty high on Blake Jarwin, as you guys know. Um, and, and now I'm kind of souring on him just because they drafted a CD Lamb. So now they have three really competent wide receivers. They have tight ends. They have pass catching, you know, backs. You know, Dak Prescott runs the ball. They have so many things I could do. I'm, I should really should be higher on Dak Prescott this year than I am. I'd probably have to raise him up in my rankings, but I'm a little nervous about Amari Cooper's consistency. But again, if I can get him as my wide receiver one and load up, like you said, I'll do that if I can get a consistent receiver after him. Yeah, no doubt. And then let's go to number 11 here. That's going to be you, Blake. And uh, speaking of consistency, you got a consistency uh, guy right here. That's Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans, um, I think, like, early in his career was, like, really flashy. You know, he was getting 12 touchdowns in 2014 and 2016. Um, but he's kind of evened out here a little bit more now. He's always eclipsing 1,000 yards by by a fair amount. He's not, like, 1,001. He's 1,000 and a couple hundred. Um, so he, he's really good for the yardage. Um, the touchdowns have come down quite a bit. Um, not quite a bit, but a third from, you know, 12. So he's around, around about eight right now. Last season, he missed three games. So he could have had even more touchdowns than that. Um, the thing I'm a little nervous about is just Chris Godwin. Um, you know, there's the narrative that, you know, oh, uh, Brady's going to like Godwin a lot. And he's going to be throwing to him and Brady can't throw deep and whatever. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. And I think a lot of people are, um, are going to be trying to target Godwin. I'll take Evans if I can get him just because I don't know if Brady's ever had or has had in a while, at least a really deep wide receiver. That's on Evans's level. And, you know, they, they throw the ball a lot that, that, that team, the only thing I'm getting worried about kind of like with the Cowboys is there are so many targets there now. Like, I don't think Gronk's going to be that main tight end of it, like that they need, like it's going to be OJ Howard getting a lot of the work and Gronk kind of brought in on like, like, like really important plays, but there's Bray, you know, there's um, these rookie wide receivers like Scotty Miller coming in. There's Godwin. There's some pass-catching running backs with LaShawn McCoy and some others. 
Um, so I'm a little worried about him, but I think in terms of the fact that he's the main deep threat on the team, I'll draft him there and I'll be happy to have him as a wide receiver one. If I can get, you know, on the kind of the other, like on the opposite of Amari Cooper, if I can get someone a little flashier after Mike Evans in the second round. Yeah. That's my second receiver. With, uh, it's the tricky thing with Evans is like, he gets this, uh, this stigmatism that he is a deep threat, which he is. I mean, I'm not saying that he's not, but the thing is like people are, are kind of just disregarding that he's going to be a good receiver because Tom Brady's not the quarterback there. And that to think that his arm is about to fall off. Um, in right. new England, he, he just last year, he didn't have a deep receiver. He's he, that's the kind of quarterback that he is. He throws over the middle. He throws those running backs. He threw to Julian Edelman a lot. And that's where Chris Godwin's going to get a boost. And, and that's where Chris Godwin is a little higher on, this list too so we will be talking about him but you're not just gonna you're not just gonna phase mike evans out he's still gonna get his balls he's still gonna get his catches and he's still gonna get his touchdowns and um tom brady still can throw the football there's no doubt about that one more thing i want to add that i forgot to mention do either of you know how old mike evans is he's like 25 or 26 He's going to be 27 Friday. Happy early birthday. So he is still very young um, and definitely still has good years left in the tank. So I'll I'll take him. Yeah, he came in early and uh, he's, like I said, he's pretty consistent. He's about 79 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns a season, basically. Yeah, and I think that Tom Brady not being able to throw the deep ball narrative is a little played out. I mean, when you look at the numbers last year, he had the ninth best deep ball completion percentage in the entire league. So, you know, I think it's a lot of people just looking at his age and making assumptions, but <laughs> Tom Brady can still sling it. He definitely can still sling it. Uh, Jordan, I made a little bit little bit of a mistake here. Um, I, gave you, <laughs> I gave you the wrong guy, so I can either... So I'm going to go here and talk about Juju because he came in at 10 because I ended up giving you, I gave you nine instead of 10. So uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is the next one that comes up on our list and um, you didn't really prep for him. So I'll talk about him. Uh, he He's coming off a really down year compared to the year before when he had 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns, but he also had Antonio Brown on the other side of him. Big Ben threw the ball 626 times or whatever it was. Last year, Big Ben really didn't get to that number because he got hurt. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, Juju, he's he's slipped and he's fallen at the same time. I don't know if, uh, or he's slipped and he's rising at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but he's definitely fallen out of like the top seven, top eight, where he was being drafted last year. Um, he was getting taken at the end of the first round in some leagues I've seen. And um, I mean, and, and if Big Ben would have played, maybe it would have been a different story. Um, but now he's, he's still a wide receiver one, according to the rankings, he's still coming in. Um, now he's going a little bit later though. And it's again, you, you never want to, you never want to like consider your guys or, or, or bank on injuries or not injuries or anything like that. But it's definitely one of those things where if big Ben goes down, Juju is definitely going to drop and if, if he goes down during the season, it's kind of a waste of a pick there because I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be that good. But if Big Ben's there, um, I think Juju is going to have a pretty solid season. Now, we saw last year that their defense is definitely one of the top in the league. They only got better halfway through when they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. So they might not be throwing the ball as much. He's, I don't think Ben's going to be throwing the ball 600 plus times like he did two years ago. But um, even with, I mean, even with Ben still throwing the ball 500, 550 times, Juju's going to be a pretty relevant receiver. Yeah, I've told you before, Jerry, but I really don't understand the Juju hype, honestly. <laughs> I mean, after such a pitiful season, you would have thought that his ADP would have dropped at least a little bit. Yeah. And he's being drafted pretty, it's pretty locked in that he's a wide receiver one for a lot of teams. And I'm personally just not that confident in it. When you, you keep talking about tw that 2018 season, he was ninth in points per game that year. And that's really where he's being drafted now. So you're really drafting him with the expectation that he's going to repeat that 2018 season. And I just don't see that happening. We haven't seen him as the guy yet facing the top corners each and every week. And, and I mean, let's be honest, when Antonio Brown was there, all the attention was on Antonio Brown and Juju was facing a team's second corner or even uh, their slot corner because he played in the slot quite a bit during that, that time. So uh, I, I'm just not that confident that he can be a locked and loaded top 10 wide receiver like he's being drafted as. Yeah, we really haven't seen him be the guy, have we, with Antonio Brown out of there. And to your point, I think 
right at the end of the season, you know, he probably fell in ADP, right, when people started kind of maybe mocking again. But then I think people were like, oh, that's right, Big Ben's coming back. Let me just, you know, try to try to get him as a steal. But then everyone was doing that, right? So his ADP went up. So, yeah, I, he's too rich for my blood. Give me, like, uh, James Washington really late and see how, how he fares if I want a piece of this offense. Yeah, I think like between between Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, and who you're about to talk about, Jordan, I'd probably rather have Mike Evans and and I'll just break it, DJ Moore over Juju. Um, so if they're all going around the same area, uh, give me Mike Evans or DJ Moore first, and then and then Juju. He'd have to really fall for me to grab him. I even last year I wasn't all over him, and and this year it's I mean last year kind of helped with. Uh, seeing that he's not a true number one, but now this year it's, it's, I'm not taking him. Um, going into number nine here, Jordan, it's you for DJ Moore. Yeah, this is our boy. So uh, <laughs> to kick it off, they do have a new offensive coordinator there in Joe Brady. And I keep saying that Joe Brady came from the Saints previously, and we saw it at LSU a little bit. But I think this offense is going to be run pretty similarly to what the Saints do now. And if you listen to Joe Brady talk about his offense at all, it's all about getting his playmakers in space, which, number one, bodes well for Christian McCaffrey because he's the best in the league at working in space. And DJ Moore is actually really underrated in that regard. He's one of the best yard-after-catch guys in the entire league. I I found a stat once, and I I really liked it, that he broke – tackle on 40 percent of his catches last season so I really thought that was impressive and shows his talent I know a lot of people are concerned with Teddy Bridgewater but first Michael Thomas was the number one overall wide receiver when Teddy was in the game last year so I know that's Michael Thomas but I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater can definitely support a top end fantasy wide receiver and I think DJ Moore's skill set really lines up well with what Teddy Bridgewater does, which is show, throw short to intermediate passes. And that's where DJ Moore really shines. And then you let him run after the catch. So I love DJ Moore this year. I think that he can potentially be the uh, number one overall wide receiver. I think uh, there's always an underrated candidate to make that jump. Not that I'm saying he's my number one ranked wide receiver, but I could definitely see him making that jump. Uh, Just a few other numbers that I saw from last season, too. From weeks 9 to 17 last year, he was actually wide receiver 6. So he's actually really close to jumping into that top 5. So he's already shown that he has that ability. And now he's going to have more consistent QB play. I know a lot of people got really excited after Kyle Allen passed for four touchdowns in his debut. But he really showed his true colors after that. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. Not even close. And uh, so he was really struggling between him and Will Greer and... DJ Moore still produced. So as much you can argue about Teddy all day, but Teddy's definitely an improvement over those guys. Yeah, Teddy's a, a DJ Moore type of quarterback, so I'm I'm really high on him. He's one of my favorite receivers. I think he could be he could finish in the uh in the top five. I, I wouldn't go as high as one. I mean the potential's there, but um I think that he could finish in the top five, top six this year, especially if uh especially if that defense is as bad as it's supposed to be and and teams focus a little bit more on Christian McCaffrey. And one thing I just want to add really quick is they're going to have to throw the ball. Look at that division. I mean, they, yeah. they have to throw the ball. They can't just rely on Christian McCaffrey. It won't happen. All right, so moving on to number eight here. Blake, you are the Bears fan, and you've already talked about a, uh, a Viking, and now you're going to get a Detroit Lion. you got Kenny Galladay. Yeah, lucky me. I'm getting all my opponents here. So... Um, <laughs> Kenny Galladay, um, you know, he started off his career not doing so great. He played 11 games, got three touchdowns. But this past season, he blew up for 11 touchdowns, which is pretty crazy. It kind of reminds you a little bit of the days of uh, of Calvin Johnson, um, which I, I miss so much. Uh, but, um, you know, it concerns me a little bit just because um, they kind of uh, used him a lot in the red zone, it seems. But TJ Hawkinson's actually going to be coming back hopefully soon. Um, I know he had uh, some injuries. Um, and they just also drafted another tight end. So I don't know if his um, touchdowns are going to kind of go up at all if you're expecting that. I think he could remain the same, maybe take a dip in touchdown uh, touchdowns. But I think his yardage will probably go up. He only got about 11, around 1,100 yards. So I definitely think that can go up. Um, they're also going to be bringing back you know, Danny Amendola. And, and Marvin Jones is always someone that's slept on and is a really good deep threat and big playmaker. But I definitely like Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver one, even though I do it begrudgingly being a Bears fan. <laughs> 
Yeah, he led the league in touchdowns last year with 11, and that was with half the season without uh, Matt Stafford. And and I know, Doc, if you were going to chime in on this, you'll probably say that, that Marvin Jones was uh, one of Stafford's, well, more of Stafford's um, higher targets, but, I mean, you can't deny Kenny Galladay's talent and and if, if Stafford's there for the whole season and his defense, I think, is going to be a little bit better, the offense should be better with DeAndre Swift there and maybe on Johnson could play more than a handful of games. I think overall Detroit could be pretty good, uh, and Kenny Galladay is going to be a huge part of that. Um, yeah, and you kind of alluded to, the, to it a little bit, but Marvin Jones was actually a top-10 guy with Matthew Stafford last season, and that kind of <clears throat> goes over the radar or under the radar. And that's a guy that Matthew Stafford really trusts. Marvin Jones actually outperformed Kenny Galladay in the first half of the season. So I'm interested to see if Stafford can develop that chemistry with Galladay. There's no doubt in my mind that Galladay is the more talented wide receiver, but I think he's really going to have to develop some chemistry with Stafford from the take that next step forward. And I think they will. And I, I think, honestly, Stafford slept on as a quarterback. Like, as much as I'm a Bears fan, like, I acknowledge how good of a quarterback Stafford is. I think I only started playing fantasy 10 years ago, and one of my first quarterbacks was Stafford. And, honestly, he's so slept on. You can get him so late, and he's so good. And I, that's going to have to translate over to Galladay. It's not all that's going to go to Marvin Jones, as good of a player as Marvin Jones is. Exactly. And then uh, because of my little blunder there with the DJ Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster, Jordan, you turn right back around and get to talk about Allen Robinson. All right. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I think Allen Robinson is finally being respected because a lot of people just have him as the kind of guy like, oh, you know, he just performs because he got a ton of volume and they have no other wide receivers, which is definitely true to a certain extent. I'll talk about Anthony Anthony Miller quickly, but uh, I mean, this is one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. And finally, people are respecting him enough to take him as a surefire wide receiver one. And based on his talent alone, I mean, it makes 100% sense. He had the ninth most fantasy points per game last year. I can't really see the Bears quarterback situation being any worse than it was last season. Uh, you know, if anything, it'll be the same. If not, you would hope slightly improved. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure you'll talk about that a little bit, but I, I mean, so he'll, he'll still have the majority of the targets there. He was fifth in target share last year with 20%, 27% of their targets going his way. The one argument I do hear against him quite a bit is that Anthony Miller is going to eat into his target share. I'm actually not on that bandwagon, and I looked at it a little bit. Uh, Anthony Miller had this really nice stretch from weeks 11 through 15 last season. And that's when a lot of people say, oh, Allen Robinson's production dipped. But not really, because he was still wide receiver five during that stretch. So if anything, it might take a little bit of the attention away from him and give him more open looks. But he's a guy I love his talent. Uh, he's definitely going to have a huge target share. And I would definitely be taking him confidently as a wide receiver one. Jimmy Graham's going to dip into his target share. Yeah, I'm sure he would. <laughs> and Jimmy, Jimmy, Graham, Jimmy Graham had a nice little um, – there was a little clip I saw online at training camp. He actually looked – he looked pretty good. I think he's a little, he's a little more alive in uh, in Chicago than he was in the Packers, but they don't like to use the tight end. So, yeah, but uh, to your point about Anthony Miller taking production away from him, I, yeah, I don't think that he will do that. I think he's going to be there to keep the, the defenses honest and have to, you know, they'll have to pay attention to both of them. Whereas, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the Cowboys, there are so many uh, – um, players there to actually take away production. I don't think Anthony Miller will do that. I think he'll actually help Allen Robinson. I don't think Cole Komet's going to be brought on just yet and be you know a factor this season enough to you know take away uh, work from Robinson. I think maybe a combination of him, Mooney, whoever their wide receiver three is, if it's Ridley, Riley Ridley, that is, um, could maybe together take some production away, but. By themselves, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I think they're going to rely heavily on Allen Robinson. They hopefully they give him a contract renewal. Yeah, and we should see a little bit of a boost from David Montgomery this year too. Hopefully, um, hopefully he does a little bit better than his three point seven yards per carry last year. Uh, going into number six, we got our second Tampa Bay Buccaneer. That's Chris Godwin. He's coming off a career year there, nine touchdowns. And this was with a quarterback that just, I mean, they also didn't have a run game either, which hopefully should uh, be a little bit better this year with Ronald Jones going into another year and them drafting Keyshawn Vaughn. But even with an added run game, 
Chris Godwin is still, he, this is in startup dynasties. He's even going a little higher than wide receiver six. He could arguably be like the second or third wide receiver off the board, um, taking him ahead of guys like Julio Jones. But uh, in, in a redraft PPR, this is, this is perfect for him. He's, he's, He's getting a quarterback now that we just talked about a little bit when you talked about Mike Evans, but he's getting a quarterback now that is a um, – he gets the ball and he gets it out of his hand as fast as he can, and, and that's the kind of routes that Chris Godwin runs uh, over the middle, slants, outs. He's he's a he's a quick hitter type of receiver, um, catches the ball, and, and just, does, just does magic with it. He scored nine touchdowns last year. Um, he – I don't know where he finished exactly, but he's a wide receiver six, so he's right in the middle of the of the top wide receiver tier. Um, yeah, I mean, between the two, this is one of those uh, situations where where Blake, you actually um, started to write about this, and you got an article coming out soon, I believe, where you talk about how there's two guys on one team, and and you'd like to grab the later one and try to get yeah. value somewhere else. This is kind of that situation. I think I would take Mike Evans a little bit later than Chris Godwin, but if a Chris Godwin's on my team as a wide receiver one, knowing that he's catching balls from Tom Brady, knowing that that offense is going to be clicking on all cylinders their their front seven is good on defense but their secondary is still kind of uh bad so they could still get some points scored against them and be in potential shootouts so that just boosts chris godwin and mike evans up but i love chris godwin and um i'm not shying away from him i think i would just rather go mike evans a little bit later and, and go with a, maybe a running back in that chris godwin spot yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm wanting to take a running back earlier. Man, I would love I would love Godwin. Really, like I think it's I think it's not being said enough too, like how much of a leader Tom Brady is in the locker room. And so I think like now that they finally have that from the quarterback. Not to say that James Winston wasn't, but he just wasn't. You know, he hasn't been in the NFL as long. And honestly, Tom Brady just like has that leadership quality, and it really will be able to instill some wisdom on his receivers. Because he, he wants to succeed here. He wants to show people he's not just a system quarterback. So I think Godwin's really going to flourish. But, yeah, like you said, I, I'd, I'll take Evans later if I can get that running back in the first round. Yeah, my favorite spot for Godwin in mocks that I've seen Sorry. recently is if you have one of those top three picks, I've seen it quite a few times where you can grab McCaffrey, Barkley, or Elliott, then grab a second running back on the way back. And I've seen Godwin fall into that third round a few times. So if you have two stud running backs and then you can grab Godwin, I mean, I'm pretty confident in that. Godwin was second in points per game last season. Um, he was number one in yards after the catch. So I mean, he was a beast last year, and that's not going to change with Brady this season. So if you get him in the right spot, I like him quite a bit. All right. And then going on to you, Blake, with our number five guy here. This is the only player, just doing a quick look here, in the top. This is the only wide receiver in the top 35. So the the 30 that we are the 25 that we talked about so far plus the five that were right after them uh that switched teams this offseason every other receiver that's on this list up until brandon cooks at 36 is still on the same team that they had last year so uh deandre hopkins with the arizona cardinals comes in at wide receiver five yeah and you know what um i hope people keep caring about that let his adp drop please because uh, talent's going to win over here, guys. I, I don't know why people are letting him fall, but thank you. Um, Kyler Murray is a great quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. Um, I think it's going to take maybe a little time for DeAndre Hopkins to get used to the system. But overall, I think, you know, the second two-thirds of the season or so, or so second half of the season, last two-thirds of the season, he's going to go off. Um, I don't see how he can't. They have Christian Kirk there, fine. But Christian Kirk, I mean, I know you guys are going to – someone's going to talk about him in our next pod. But he hasn't been, you know, that productive since he's been on the team. I think DeAndre Hopkins is really going to be the one there with Christian Kirk being, Kirk being the two. They don't really use a tight end. They have Dan Arnold there. And obviously Larry Fitzgerald is still there to get some production, but ultimately I, I really don't see um, um, the, the the main target not being DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to ball out again this season. I don't think he's going to hit that sophomore slump. It's really just a matter of DeAndre Hopkins getting that learning curve down um, because there really wasn't much of a preseason. Um, it, it, I, I just think he's going to flourish outside of uh, fucking Bob's offense, like. Get out of here. I'm so glad he's off the Texans. Like, he's <laughs> wasted there. Yeah, anything anything you want to say about him, Doc? Yeah, I mean, I, 
I don't let him slip too far, but I'm not the biggest DeAndre Hopkins fan this year, and it's nothing against his talent. I mean, I definitely agree he's by far the most talented wide receiver, but, I mean, he really didn't have people to fight with for targets last season. That's my biggest thing. He's always been a volume-based play. I mean, he had 150 targets last season, and he was the fourth overall wide receiver in scoring. So I just can't see him getting 150 targets. And I know Larry Fitzgerald's old, but the guy had 109 targets last season. Christian Kirk's probably going to command around 100 targets or so. And I think they're really going to try to spread the ball around. That's not to say Hopkins will be a wide receiver one, but I think I'm more confident in him as like a back-end wide receiver one than a surefire top five guy just because I'm not confident that he's going to get the same volume that we've seen in the past. Well, to your point, I know Will Fuller was hurt, but I I know he wasn't a target guy. He was more of a touchdown guy. But they were both productive at the same time. And, they, you know, obviously they had Deshaun Watson. He's a great quarterback. But Kyler Murray's looking not too shabby himself. So, personally, for me, I definitely would take him top five or maybe even top three wide receiver. All right. Now we're into our final four here. And the thing about all four of these guys is somebody, probably multiple somebodies, but at least one person in each case um, has them as number one on, on their individual list. Uh, and so we're going to start here. Number four, wide receiver four is Tyreek Hill, and it's going to be you, Doc. Yeah, and I've always loved Tyreek Hill's talent. He's one of those guys that has that stigma as a speedy guy that he's just a guy that runs fly routes down the field but he really is a polished route runner and he has great hands and I've talked about that a little bit with Henry Ruggs who has that same stigma right now but they both have great talent as wide receivers as a whole I mean, we've talked about the Chiefs offense in our mini series there's not a lot to say I mean it's a great line a great coaching situation a great quarterback it really has everything you need to to succeed I do think this could be a little high because in his big 2018 season, he finished as the fourth highest wide receiver. So I do think you're paying for him at his peak performance, which with your first few picks, you normally are. But last season, he finished as the 11th wide receiver in terms of points per game because he did miss some time. But, uh, you know, I'd be more comfortable drafting him somewhere between 4 and 11. I think that's really the range of outcomes that you could see from him this year. But there's no doubt in this offense he's going to be productive. He's going to be one of their top two targets. Uh, him and Kelsey kind of share almost the same target share. So uh, there's not much to say. I mean, he's definitely going to be productive in this offense. Yeah, and the only thing that, like, he's he's a perfect best ball wide receiver. I mean, he's better than a best ball wide receiver. Best ball, you want to target those guys that are going to have those boom and bust weeks. He's going to have a couple multi-touchdown games, um, a few eight nine ten catch games for 160 yards or whatever but he's uh like his overall at the end of the season is going to be a top five top four wide receiver and that's why he's at where he's at but he's going to have those games where he just absolutely bombs or 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 bombs in a sense to where he's not putting you giving you wide receiver one numbers and that's that's the risk that i that i have with him um i really haven't ever been a Tyreek Hill guy he's either been too rich for where I want to take him or there's always been a guy around where he's been going that I'd rather have over him but um yeah I mean you're gonna get he's gonna single-handedly win you some weeks and he's also gonna he's also gonna put you right on the cusp of losing because he he gives you an eight-point game when uh when you needed 10 or something like that I think we have to mention it, even though necessarily sometimes we don't necessarily want to, but does his um, domestic violence situation kind of um, bring him down in your eyes in terms of ADP and either of you? Because for me personally, it does. I always kind of value those things, those off-field things a lot higher than most people do. And just because I don't want to have to deal with it. For example, you know, all the legal stuff that happened with Zeke a few years ago, that's just not a headache I want to deal with. So does that factor in for you guys? For me, no. And it's they're not really talking about it they're not really saying that he's going to be missing any time there's no rumors or anything like that so unless it start unless it comes back up and they say okay well he's possibly facing a suspension then that's when i would start to worry but even then like it takes a little bit of time for for them to figure out when and how long the suspension is like when zeke served his suspension it wasn't the first six games of the season it was later on in the season and you kind of knew like you you had at the beginning of the year that it was probably coming you just had to figure out when it was going to be so we'll know ahead of time if something's going to happen with Tyreek Hill but until then it's like you you draft them and you expect to have them for 16 games yeah for me personally in this situation no because they did sign him to a contract extension so they're obviously pretty confident 
as an organization that it's not going to come back to uh, haunt them. So in this case, I would say probably not. All right. And then going into the top three here, my final guy is Julio Jones. He's been one of the best receivers since he came into the league. His only real down year was 2013 when he missed uh, 11 games. Other than that, he's missed a couple of games here and there. Um, he's, but most of this, most of the time, he's played 16 or 15 games, and and that's that's about all you can really uh, all you can really say about him. He's he's constantly over. I mean, you can't even say these over a thousand yards. He's constantly over 1,300 yards since 2014. He's had over 1,300 yards every single season. The only thing with him is he kind of uh, he's he's just he's down on the touchdowns or not he's just not as up on the touchdowns as you would want out of your clear cut solidified wide receiver one. He's um he he's still he had six he's had eight in his career he's had a couple six in his career he's had one season where he had ten that was his highest season, um but he's like between the the catches and the yardage that you get out of him and playing on the offense with Matt Ryan having Calvin Ridley on the other side they bring in Hayden Hurst they're a run first off or they're a pass first offense their defense is kind of not good at all they I mean you're getting. You're you're basically getting a consistent wide receiver one week in and week out with Julio Jones and and when you're when you're comparing players and I brought this up a couple times before but if you're talking to your buddies they're sitting down talking at the bar talking in a group chat whatever you're comparing wide receivers and you're saying who's the best wide receiver that you see playing in today's game one of the one of the answers is always Julio Jones and the other answer is X. So it's like who's the best receiver? Julio Jones or Michael Thomas? Julio Jones or Devontae Adams? You're always comparing Julio Jones to the other guy. So it's like in your mind, it's Julio Jones. That's the guy that's always coming up. And I mean I absolutely love Julio Jones. He's we did a mock earlier this offseason. I remember if it was uh it might have been right around draft time it, me and you jordan we did it we also did it It was against a lot of computer players too and sleeper was kind of acting up at the time so um but we did that mock and julio fell to the fourth round do you remember that yeah that was yeah ridiculous. and i mean like if he goes to the fourth round that's a steal and a half but like even even end of the first round i mean if i'm sitting there at the end of the first round and i could get like a miles sanders and julio jones or even a joe mixon and julio jones are sitting there at, at, at 11 or 12 I'm taking Julio Jones all day and pairing him up with a running back one, and I'm going to be happy for the whole season. Yeah, and we talked about before, he has that weird stigma where people have him labeled as injury prone. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but he really hasn't missed significant time since 2013. And you and I have talked about that before, but he's played 16 games four different times in his nine-year career. And really every other year he's been at 15. So even though it seems like he's always questionable, he always plays through it. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it. The other thing that I always hear people say is his age. I mean, he's only 31. I think people act like he's 37 and he's due for a decline, but he's still at his uh, peak performance as of right now. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, 31 is not, uh, he's got a lot of miles on him, but for a wide receiver and in a redraft, take, like I said, take him all day long. Now, if you're in a dynasty draft, people put a lot of a lot of uh, emphasis on age too, but Maybe he's not going in the first round in dynasty leagues, but I'd still I'd still have him on my team in a dynasty league and have him for the next three, four, five years, however long he's going to be in the however long he's going to be in the league and, and Matt Ryan sticks around. Going on to number two here, who could arguably be the number one. I mean, Julio could also arguably be the number one as well, but um, right. Devontae Adams I think has an even better chance of being number one, especially with the lack of weapons out there in Green Bay. And uh, I mean, <laughs> we've had every single NFC North. Uh, one wide receiver from the NFC North on this on this top fifteen, and and Blake gets three of them, but not the Bear. Um, lucky me, <laughs> Blake, you get Devonte Adams. Yeah, lucky me, I got Devonte Adams. Uh, missed out on Allen Robinson, but that's okay. Devonte Adams is a great enough talent uh, to, to for me to take that hit. Uh, honestly, he's my number two wide receiver off the board after Michael Thomas. Um, I mean, guys, this is pretty easy. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still great. He hasn't been as good the last couple seasons, but he's Devontae, Ad he, Devontae Adams is his number one wide receiver. Who do they draft? 
no one. They didn't draft any wide receivers. They literally drafted uh, a, a quarterback and a running back. And Jordan Love's not running away with the job. Maybe A.J. Dillon takes work away from Aaron Jones, but he's not playing wide receiver. Uh, you know, they have Alan Lazard. Not with those thighs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alan Lazard kind of came on last year, but, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near as a wide receiver, too. Like, he'll be kind of, you know, still in competition with, like, the likes of uh, MVS, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, now he's coming back. Um, that um, Reggie Begleton, I'm hearing, is might, might be a little bit of a sleeper, um, but really, Alan, uh, Devontae Adams is going to be getting most of this work. You know, they have Jay Sternberger, they just drafted Josiah DeGuerra. Um, you know, Robert Tanyan just got a little hype today, but they don't really use the tight end. They forgot how to use tight end after they got rid of Jeremiah Finley. They didn't use Martellus Bennett properly. They didn't use Jimmy Graham properly. Devontae Adams is the guy. You know, don't overthink it. I don't care if you're a Bears fan, a Lions fan, a Vikings fan. Just draft him as your wide receiver one if he if he falls to you because he's going to be a great value. And I don't care if Aaron if Aaron Rodgers is pissed about Jordan Love. Hell, that's great. That might have a chip on his shoulder and show he has something to prove. And uh, maybe go out and get a contract somewhere else or get some uh, interest somewhere else and use Devontae Adams as his. Uh, the way to display that yeah i mean Devonte adams is definitely going to have some single weeks where he's the wide receiver one so he's uh he's definitely an excellent play he's definitely he's going to be one of your highest dfs guys week in and week out he's going to be um he's going to he's got some plus matchups i mean detroit's defense their secondary really isn't that good so he's going to have he'll probably be a really good plus matchup in those defenses or in those games uh, Minnesota's secondary is depleted, so he's going to be he's going to be a plus matchup in, in in those two games when they play. So, I mean that's four games right there, plus whoever else they play this year. But yeah, I mean Devontae Adams, he can he's going to finish some weeks as wide receiver one, and he very well possibly could finish the season as wide receiver one. But for now, going into the season. Sorry, go ahead. One little thing I want to one little thing I want to add too. It just came out that the Bears aren't playing any um, home games or for the foreseeable future with fans. Um, you know, the Packers like love having the crowd noise and love having you know their fans in their stadium. So the Bears are kind of like a daunting matchup for Aaron Rodgers, at least the defense. So you know, Devontae Adams playing at Soldier Field without any real fans, you know, getting an Aaron Rodgers way of you know anything. Um, I think honestly that that's a real plus for Devontae Adams. It might just it, it's nothing su- substantial, and you're, it's not going to like put put him over the top over Michael Thomas. But I definitely think that's something else to consider as well. Yeah, I don't think they need to worry about the 0-16 Bears. But going into number one here is uh, Michael Thomas. He's he's a consensus number one. I think pretty much throughout our rankings all summer long, we've we've pretty much had Michael Thomas as number one. I've dabbled with Julio at number two, Devontae Adams at number two, um, DeAndre Hopkins up there at number three, possibly two. But Michael Thomas for the whole for the whole time has been number one, and for good reason, breaking NFL records last year. And, Doc, you get to talk about him first. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, one interesting fact when I was going through his stats that I found was he was never the number one overall wide receiver in any single week. So just kind of interesting to think about him breaking records, but he was never actually the number one overall wide receiver in a single week. So just a random interesting fact. But, I mean, besides that, I think the only other point I can make is I don't think I'll have 186 targets again. I do think Emmanuel Sanders will bite into that a little bit. And just because Michael Thomas hasn't had a strong wide receiver, too, they were hoping Traquan Smith could have been more, but he really never broke through. So Emmanuel Sanders is another guy running short to intermediate routes. So he will bite into that target share a little bit. But you're talking the difference between 186 targets to 150 to 160, probably. So this is a guy that's still the number one overall wide receiver in a great offensive scheme. So... Not much else to say. No, not at all. Anything on him, Blake? No, the only thing I would say is, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is there now. He might take away a little bit of work. And Kamara apparently was playing with an injury last year. He might take away some work from him. But I think Michael Thomas is still going to overcome that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for narratives. And this is seemingly Drew Brees' last season. And, you know, he, he's going to ball out. He's going to want to get that Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think they could do it without really Drew Brees throwing the ball a ton. They've definitely they they dropped his uh, his passing down a little bit over the past couple seasons, and um, even last year he was down in passing, but still had Michael Thomas break the um, 
break the catches record. Uh, Camaro, we could just pretty much slot in for 81. That's just what he does. And uh, yeah, I mean, until somebody dethrones Michael Thomas as the number one and until somebody else has taken 160, 170, 180 targets and, and turning it into 150 catches, then Michael Thomas is going to be up there. Um, so that does it. Just recapping the, the 15 that we talked about today. Kicked off the day with Robert Woods. Adam Thielen at 14, Odell Beckham Jr. at 13, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore at 9, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, and DeAndre Hopkins make up Tier 2. And then Tier 1 is Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, and Michael Thomas. Uh, any any surprises um, that uh, that of the 15 that we talked about today? Not really. I mean, I we've dra- we've all drafted quite a bit to know where these guys kind of fall and you know what's said about them, especially with these upper tier guys. It's sort of the same old, same old. All right. Yeah, I mean, none of them really stick out to me. I mean, I think a lot of them are pretty. I won't say consensus in terms of that order, but a lot of them you can mix and match, and they're normally in the, your top fifteen. Does the uh, does a little tidbit I said about DeAndre Hopkins? Does that? I mean, not that it's shocking, but does that? Um, does that mean anything? Does that, like I said, he's the only one in the top 35 that changed teams. Now, a couple of these guys have obviously changed quarterbacks. DJ Moore has a new quarterback. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans have new quarterbacks. Juju Smith-Schuster, I guess, technically has a new quarterback as Big Ben did in play last year. Um, but does does that does that mean anything to you guys? You already I, I talked about it, him a little bit, Blake. So, um, yeah. But yeah, does it mean anything? Go ahead. <laughs> I I, th- I think if, if it means anything, it means just something about how you're making up your team, like makeup, you know, if, if you kind of are a little nervous about him and think he's not going to be as good, then maybe take someone else um, or, you know, go higher upside with another pick. That's really all. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most underrated pieces of a wide receiver success is really their chemistry with a quarterback. So, I mean, naturally, it's going to take a little bit of time to develop that with Kyler Murray. Not enough where he should fall out of the top 10 or anything crazy like that. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if during the first few weeks of the season, they he struggled a little more than you're used to seeing. They do play the 49ers week one, so that'll be a nice test for him. Yes, him and uh, Richard Sherman get to go at it. So that's going to do it. Um, make sure you guys tune into all of our podcasts. They are on YouTube if you want to watch the video. They do get uploaded to uh, Anchor, which is audio, but then Anchor distributes out to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. So check it out if you're listening at work, you want to listen on your drive to work, if you're going on a long road trip and you don't want to listen to music anymore, listen to us. Um, check out our website. It's thefantasymafia.com. Check out our two Facebook pages that we got. The main page is, is Fantasy Mafia. And then our sister page, which is the forum, basically, is the Fantasy Hotspot. In the Hotspot, you can go in there and just start some topic conversations. You can enter in our razes. We just threw out a couple um, league invites that we're doing now. We're running a free league this year where you could win. You could potentially win a... Uh, a mystery box autographed jersey so we don't even know what the jersey is it's going to be a mystery box that we open up on camera um yeah and just keep on looking out for other leagues that we got other than that check out our twitter check out our check out youtube check out just check out everything i mean we're a couple weeks away from a couple weeks away from the start of the regular season houston and kansas city kick us off within a couple thursdays and then we got a full slate of sunday games uh nfl is talking about possibly utilizing saturday for if college isn't playing so maybe we'll get some saturday games but yeah i mean we're 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 getting there and there's really no no talk or anything or any whisperings of shutting down that sounds like they're going to play and play on time and and that's going to be uh with with how crazy 2020 has been that's that's what we're all looking forward to so until the next episode i'm jerry with blake and jordan we'll see you guys next time